What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Compulsive Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Widham. You can find this podcast at compulsive.com. I have a few more packages and wonderful sort of cool discoveries this week to share with you. So let's go ahead and get into them. I found this fantastic package this week. It's actually an extension for colors, and it will be very popular with anyone like myself who's ever dealt with CSS cascading style sheets on the web. What it actually does is someone took the time and trouble to create this extension that applies the names, the naming convention. So for those of you that don't know, on CSS, there's a lot of the colors have names to make things easy, like salmon, uh, violet, orchid, all those kind of things. Now, what someone has done is converted that to UI colors. So this is a fantastic time saver. And also something that's going to be very helpful if you are working with designers who are used to working with the web and CSS uh, names for colors rather than the values. So what it enables you to do basically is you can go in and say like, you know, UI color dot one of these names. So I'll give you a couple of examples, right? Like UI color dot moccasin, UI color dot peach puff, that kind of thing. And it's going to just, you know, it will know what that value is the equivalent value from CSS. It's a it's a fantastic library. I put a link in the show notes for it, and I you know I, I was playing around with this, and it was just it was great because so often, like I say, if you work with designers, they're going to give you they're going to use these colors, and you can match them one for one. So uh, congratulations to the author. The author is actually listed as World Downtown, and it's on GitHub. But like I say, I'll put a link. But it's a it's a fantastic library. This next one is a little utility somebody wrote that does a little bit of magic for you. Now, what the scenario here is, you know how you have that translucent bar, you know, the, the system bar, the, the Apple bar, whatever you want to call it, at the top of your screen, right, with the Apple and the system tools and everything else on it, and how it becomes transparent and it changes to do its best to try and stand out against whatever your wallpaper may be. But if it's anything like what happens to me, more often than not, it sort of fouls. Well, somebody came up with this utility that you run, you, you specify what you want to have, or you can have a gradient or a color or something like that, and you can give it the name of your wallpaper, and it'll generate a new wallpaper with the correct backing at the very top of the screen to give you essentially the, the, the menu bar you know, that you want to have. So, for example, maybe you've got a black wallpaper, but you want to have a white menu bar. You can specify it that way instead of getting the default one that macOS is going to give you, which would be a black menu bar, right, with the dark wallpaper. And I know it sounds silly, and for some of you it might be, what's the big deal? But for others, this can really sort of bug you, right? It sort of bugs me too. So this is a great little utility that does that. Uh, you just download it, and you, you can clone the repo, build it, and then run this tool and specify, like I say, if you want a gradient, something like that. And it just, it, it works beautifully. So if I don't announce the name wrong here, the author is Igor Coleman, and it's just a wonderful utility. So thank you very much for creating this tool. This next tool is rather timely, actually, since we've now got the October announcements coming from Apple for an event, which is probably going to be some MacBook Pros, is what we're all expecting. And this Apple is called Silicon. And, and again, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. It is a tool that does one thing, but it makes life very simple for you. And this is going to be important as we go forward. What it does 
is it will identify and list for you on your Mac the Intel-only apps, right? Which, if you're moving to the new M1, possibly M2, the M-whatever chips, the Apple chips, right? If you're moving to those, it's going to be important to track over time which of your apps may still be running Intel versions. And this is a great little tool that'll just very quickly give you that list. And, you know, it's that's all it does, but that is going to be super important, especially for someone like myself as I'm looking to you know, I'm running on an M1 and I'm constantly keeping track of my tools. And especially with Monterey on the way soon, you know, I'm, I'm always looking to see what's been updated and what hasn't. And this tool makes it very simple for me without having to go into the activity viewer and do a bunch of filtering and everything else. Time for a break. Hey, everybody, it's Peter Whittam here from the Compulsory Podcast. I'm going to tell you about Setup. Setup is a service that provides a subscription fee of just $10 a month. And you get access to over 200 Mac applications. And it's also available now on iOS as part of that deal. I use the service because it just has a ton of really good first-rate apps that I use all the time. And for me, it's invaluable as a developer to have access to tools for things like APIs, for planning projects, uh, writing emails, writing documentation. And you get all of these things including database apps, all of that kind of stuff, right there on the setup service for just $10 a month. You can use as many or as few applications as you need. If you're interested in checking this out, go to peterwidham.com, P-E-T-E-R-W-I-T-H-A-M.com forward slash setapp, S-E-T-A-P-P, and you can see the details there. And it's got a link that you can go over and start using the service and see how it works out for you. I strongly recommend this to every Mac user. Break time over. This week, Apple sent out a reminder to everybody on their news and updates feed, if you keep an eye on that, that, as mentioned previously in June's WWDC this year, that they're updating their guidelines, and as of January 31st, 2022, if your app gives a user the ability to create an account, you will also now have to give the ability to initiate, as they call it, the deletion of that data, the deletion of that account. So, you know, there's bound to be more on this as we get closer to the date. But basically, be prepared for this. Start planning for it. If you allow users to create an account in your app, now is the time to start thinking about how you're going to provide them the ability to delete that account in the app as well. This is something that Apple has, you know, been keeping an eye on. They're they're big on privacy data, as we know, and this is something that will definitely be coming into effect, they say here. And so we need to start planning for that now. You know, data retention, personal data retention is something that's very key and very close to my heart when it comes to giving the users control of that data and where that data exists and how it gets deleted. So that's just a quick update there. I'll put a link in the show notes that you can read it on the news feed for yourself from Apple. And finally this week, the ad- announcement was made on the swift.org website that the docc format is now open source. Some of you may recall that back in WWDC 21 this year, Apple announced the Swift docc uh, documentation compiler, and this has now been pushed out on open source. I'll put a link in the show notes with all the details. This is something that I have noticed quite a few people talking about. It enables 
you know, better integration with documentation with the existing tools. And you now have the ability to go and look at this for yourself, not only create the documentation, but the tools themselves. And I'm sure we'll probably see a rash of third party um, apps that come out to enable us to to work with this doxy format. I know a lot of folks that I know have been talking about converting their documentation to this new format. And at some point, I need to take time and look at this myself. Okay, that's it for this week. If this has been helpful, you know, give me a review or a rating. I greatly appreciate the podcast. You can like, subscribe, of course. And if you want to reach out, you can search for Compile Swift on any of the social networks. You can also go to compileswift.com. If you have something that you would like me to mention in this podcast, then you can go to compileswift.com forward slash contact and reach out to me there. I would be only too happy to help promote, you know, any Swift or Apple development related tools or services or whatever it may be. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can also reach out to me there as well. I'm always looking forward to having interesting conversations with interesting people. That is it. I will see you in the next one. By the time I put the next episode out, we should have had the Apple event, and I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about there. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy the rest of the week, and I will speak again soon.